welcome to the Funbox Monster Podcast. My name is Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And today we're going to be... Are we? Do we have to? Yes, we're going to be talking about the disappointing sequel to Waxwork, Waxwork 2. Uh, a lost movie in time. Lost in time. Uh, and and full, plot. And full of lost potential. Yeah. Uh, a movie that just was overflowing with potential and really good ideas and really I, good performances. It and sucks because I absolutely hate this movie, but I feel like I shouldn't because no, it's in my wheelhouse of crazy. It just it goes goes for broke. It I mean, does. it's absolutely insane, but at the same time, I, I just feel like it fails on like almost every front. Yeah, but no, I, it does. I commend it for its uniqueness, though. I can't fault it for that. Like, it tries really hard. Um, it definitely fails a lot of the time. Unfortunately, a lot of the jokes are bad. I, there's, I, there's no way around. I did it. not laugh once. No, which is unfortunate because I did in the first movie. Like, piss, man. Every joke, I'm just and, like, ugh, oh, stop it. Like, a lot of it was forced, and a lot of the. Uh, it, it felt like little kid humor to me. It, it felt like watching does. a Nickelodeon movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it also loses uh, it loses track of what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to a certain point and you don't remember what the plot is because they've spent so much time throwing you into these little vignettes. Yeah. So you get these these things. And also, <laughs> there's this, this conceit from Waxwork that is, we've got the most evil souls in history. Okay, sure, you do. Sure, we'll we'll accept that the Frankenstein's monster is one of the most evil souls, even though that doesn't even jive with the book, which is fiction. Yeah. You know, whatever. Okay, we'll agree that but there's I mean, a this, there's a mummy. These aren't even the souls from the first one, though. They're this not. This different. now yeah. we're we're in in time. We're in time and, and or movie parodies. Right. Why which is, I guess is time. that's the problem? Is that time equals movie parody, and it's like and. in the future. It's the movie Alien, yeah, which right? is not, I mean, it's just insane. And, it doesn't work. And a giant problem, too, is upon re, uh, repeated viewings, because I watched this, you know, twice to soak it all in. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you when, gotta. when you know that the first segments of Frankenstein and Alien don't matter fuck all to the plot, right. you're, you're just like meandering through nothing. Like, no. The, the, it's, it's, it works weird on a review factor like that. It'd be cool if the parodies were great, but I just don't like either one of them. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, we're, I'm waiting through this one and I'm waiting through this other one until we can actually start the movie. And then once we do start the movie, it's in medieval times, which is just not my bag at all. So for me, it just, you know, that's a personal problem. Like, yeah. I, I can't no, blame the there's... movie for going to medieval times, but like for me, it just does not work for me personally. There's a there's a quote about about this exact thing. I think it's like I think it's actually Trey Parker from uh, from South Park yep. that uh, he was teaching a master class about writing, and it was like you can't if you have to say and then, then you failed essentially because you have to say because this then this, and this movie nothing is a because this then this it's just and then and then and then everything and then. is and then we do this and then this happens we do this and yep. then we do this we do this and then we do this the the previous scene never relates to the scene prior exactly. no, to it it's not it's never it's never crafted in such a way that the narrative is pushing itself along yep. it's just things are happening and it's it's the kind of narrative that would work in a parody movie that the whole thing was a naked gun. Yeah. But this thing is not naked gun. And it doesn't thing, it doesn't have any but it real tries jokes. To be naked gun every now and then. Oh my gosh, a Bruce Campbell getting shit oh, thrown at him. 
was Come pure on. naked gun. Okay, you say no jokes worked. If, are you saying that the Bruce Campbell part didn't work for yes. you? Or, oh my God! Come I did on. not enjoy I it. I loved it. I just so thought much. it was. I mean, I get it. It's I funny. It. It's it's supposed to be funny, I but it's just. It. I'm sorry. I love Bruce Campbell's part. I I thought he was great in it too. But he I'm was like, great. I, I thought, thought that. I mean, pokey. and also it is funny though because one of the the really magical things about the first movie is how good the effects are. Yeah. That they are just like beyond, 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 beyond. Yep. And this one, the effects are okay. They're yeah, pretty I don't good. Think they're terrible. They're not terrible, but they're not. It, it's nothing to write home about. You know, like Bruce Campbell's appliance looks like it's part of a shirt that he's wearing. Yeah, that you know? looks, th- th- that's that's probably why that scene doesn't work for me so much, too. Or one of the factors, like, I hate it. Like, it looks like his chest is four feet in front of him. And, and it's, it's just, I don't know if that's supposed to be a humor joke or not, but it just looks like shit. And it, it just takes me out of so, it. I mean, it's not so like I'm going to be, like, sucked into it and believe, like, oh, his chest is really up. But it, it just looks so silly. I know. And it's the kind of thing that, like, just a couple moments of thought into oh yeah well we'll just build this cross so that his ass sticks into the back of it we'll cut out a chunk yeah push him backwards so that he's he's inside it and then we'll build the body so that it looks like his ah. actual body I that's see you were not the same thing very doing. fucking yeah. difficult no. it's a very it's a very simple mechanical thing i mean it's a very difficult thing to do yeah. but on a movie budget in a movie situation if you're planning it and you have all this information ahead of time and you have a budget which this movie does have it doesn't have the excuse that there was no money there's some money and also i love evil dead listen i fucking love evil dead i love it to death how do you do that does not mean that you need to homage sam raimi every second and this doesn't homage this just rips right. off like in sure. so many parts not just the bruce campbell part in this but even even back to the hand in the, the apartment like so what much. are you doing the, and then it's like the brain the brain squeezing frankenstein part like so stop trying to be freaking evil dead here it's like, there's so there's many a homage or you can make like a little reference but like this is just obnoxious exactly if you if you hit it if you hit it once it's an homage mm-hmm. yeah if you hit it twice you're like Oh, this is verging on plagiarism. If you hit it three times, it's just a fucking ripoff. Yeah. And this, they, this like, movie hey, hits it five look, times, I'm six evil times. Dead. I'm evil dead. I'm evil dead. <laughs> it's like, here's Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Here's the flying brain on a string. Here's this thing. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And like the the film angles and all the ideas that they use. I Like, I love Sam Raimi's influence on this kind of movie. Yep. I love the fact that it made people think about how they, how they framed their shots I hate to say it, Bruce, I mean, uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, Sam Raimi is practically the Alfred Hitchcock of 80s and 90s movies, because before Hitchcock, people were just like, ah, static shots are fine. You know, you can't tell a story using the camera. And Hitchcock was like, no, you use the camera as a a storytelling device. And Sam Raimi was like, no, you can use it for art. (laughs) You can make, like, interesting things happen because you're doing this. And... I love that people did it like the shots in the beginning when they're coming in and they do the the funky cab shot and the the cameras on top of the building shot as it pulls in. Yeah. The, that stuff is creative and it's interesting yeah. and it's it's cool that they did it. And it's clear that it's an homage to or it's it's influenced by Sam Raimi. Yep. Then things start going downhill when it starts just being like you're taking literal plot elements from Evil Dead and like literal scenes. Yep. It, yeah. Mm. 
unfortunately <sighs> for me, in my personal opinion, things start going downhill the minute she enters her apartment. In the beginning. Yeah, I agree. I'm just I... like, I'm like, okay, it starts right where the last movie ended. Awesome. Oh, there's that hand. Oh, the hand's falling okay. home. Shit, coolest thing's going to happen. And the minute she opens her door into... But we'll get there in a second. I'm not going to lie. But I feel like this movie goes downhill the second a quote from Alice in Wonderland hits the screen. <laughs> that was the moment I was like, oh no. Well, oh that boy. Alice in Wonderland bullshit could have been excised completely. There was no reason for any of it. It's it's so At funny all. that they're like, that they're hitting it so hard, and it's like you get it. It's through no no no. It's not. It's not at all. And it's like, oh, we're falling. Well, that that was from the other one. That was from Alice in Wonderland. That yeah. you fall down the hole, yeah. dude. What are you doing? Yep. <laughs> Is this a drug problem? What happened to you, dude? I don't know. But whatever it is, this movie, it's not great. Fucking sucks. I'm Let's sorry. Let's talk about it. Uh, there, there's going to be a lot of stuff. There's going to be a lot of stuff that I like in this movie, and I will, I will point it out as much as I can. But uh, so again, we get the the quote from Alice through the Looking Glass, and a rehash of all the kills from the first movie, the the big big museum fight, which yep. obviously is very fun. Uh, and then Mark, we see the hand coming out of the rubble, and Mark ironically saying. It's finally over, which I thought was kind of funny, at least. Um, and then they hail this anac- like anachronistic yellow cab. They're in suburbia. I mean, it's like, suburb- where, like, where did, that where did the from? 1950s yellow cab from New York City come from? And remember, this this waxwork was also just in a no nothing neighborhood. Exactly. Like it's in suburbia. They wouldn't just be cruising there. They didn't come out of the city street. Yeah. I just find I find it interesting that they chose to have a cab that clearly is not in service in the 80s yep. or 90s in this this case, right? Yeah. This movie came out in the 90s. Um. So very strange. And uh, so we get a we get that big old Dutch angle that's like so crazy from the side on top of the building. Well, I also like too, like uh, she's like, like um, Mark was like it's over, and she's like, well, what if somebody what if somebody got out? And it's like nobody could escape that. I'm like you you, you two, two did. Just did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. First off, I love that. Second off, I think the when you were talking about where you feel like the movie failed. Yeah. If you're going to go as jokey as this movie gets later on, mm-hmm. or actually wherever it's trying to be jokey, the first thing should have been addressing the fact that she is a different actress. Yeah. There should have been a joke. Yeah. If you're going to be if you're going to be a full-on parody and all this stuff, they sh- do it. should have been like, "Wait, who are you?" Or or, or, <laughs> or he looks at her he's like, "Man, you look different." She'd be like, I've seen some shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just anything. <laughs> this, any kind of little, you know, whatever. Like, aside, yeah. An experience like that changes you. Whatever. Yep. It's perfect. Sure. Would have been I great. I can't believe I didn't do that. Like, something like that to address, because it was weird. Yeah. Like, I remember watching it and being like, who the fuck is this lady? <laughs> oh, she's supposed to be Sarah. Okay, I get it. Um, she does a great job, though. Oh, she's amazing. She's great. good for most of it. There are parts of it where she is atrocious. Oh, my God. Don't ever make me watch her put up the fist of cups there you go the you know the part i'm talking <laughs> about that was not good no um okay so uh mark and his girlfriend have a discussion of what they're gonna do next and he says they're gonna pretend like nothing happened which to me my favorite part of this is so you commit a crime and you're in a car with a stranger 
<laughs> who's driving you someplace. And you're just going to talk all this out loud? Just going to discuss your crime? You plan on killing this guy, or yeah. are you going to try to get, like, or do you just want to get... I mean, he did just pick you guys up in front of a burning mansion. <laughs> you're covered in soot. You hailed a cab in front of your crime scene and then talked about your crime in front of a cabbie. Yeah. Smart move. You better tip him real well, like, I don't know, $100,000, and maybe he'll keep his mouth shut. Um, So uh, they they arrive at stately that lady's manor, which is like, it looks from the outside, you're like, oh, look at this mansion. That's a rich place, right? And then you get inside, and it's like, you're in the middle of either a trailer park or an insane asylum? And here's where the movie fails for me like, yeah here like these kids were all rich kids in the yes first movie. they were they pull up to that rich the same apartment from the first movie and it's a richer apartment it's got a whole awning it's a doorman kind of building and everything yeah. and then when we go inside it's yeah dilapidated slum building it's real weird and and what a choice and she's got george buck flower as this like drunk stepfather character all these kids came from, why like, would you upscale? have george buck flower as a as a drunk that's yeah. crazy yeah, casting right? <laughs> But it's just, it does not work for this character at no. all, and I don't know why they did that. It's it's very strange. And I mean, it wouldn't have made any difference if she came home and she had a loving father there. Like, no. this doesn't matter. Like, be, be, being a dick stepfather doesn't matter at all. It could have been her own family there. Sure. Like, I mean, it, it definitely allows you to enjoy the fact that he's hit with hammer. I mean, I certainly was like, just fucking turn around lady and wait a couple seconds yeah <laughs> because also it was clearly her fault that's the thing that's interesting about that scene is that she pauses like you can see her pause when she's like it happens she knocks the hammer out of the hand of the the, the severed hand and then she's like she's going back and she could have stopped that mm-hmm. thing it looks very clearly like she could have stopped it from getting to him it, and it seems like george buck flower could have stopped it too but he just sure. laid there with his arms on the ground going like no no oh well guess i'll get hit like, i mean what the hell dude he's given up on life because of <laughs> losing his wife in a scene that we don't know anything about or ah. care about um but anyway we'll we'll talk about that scene um so uh so whatever Sarah goes in filthy trailer park rich place doesn't make sense but um they're gonna they're gonna just like he's drinking repo man beer which I thought yep. was cool the generics and he's just sitting there he yells at her blah 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 then sends her to bed and then the hand from before breaks into the house and goes after him uh, he's like Hey, I told you to go to bed because it's one of those funny yeah, scenes. That's hilarious. And that's unfortunately that's about the level of humor for the entire movie. Yeah. Is like the severed hand comes up and like touches him on the head, and he's like, "I told you to go to bed." And we're I don't know what we're supposed to think of that, but uh, he's half awake and it chokes him. Sarah comes to his rescue, and then the hand grabs a hammer and beats his brains in. Um. Th- then we get more Evil Dead stuff. Like this is the, it was pathetic. This was just like the worst low grade Evil Dead yeah. rip off I've ever seen. Where she and, gets and attacked the, by and the mustard and baseball music because like take me out to the ball game starts playing because what what there's mustard for like hot dogs that you'd have at a ball game like yep. yes but he's not throwing hot dogs at her. Or... He, well, she does have a hamburger or a hot dog bun hanging off her head for <sighs> half of the scene. 
So it's just like, it's basically just low-grade Evil Dead fight with the severed hand where smashing the plates over his head and all that stuff. And then she puts it in the garbage disposal, which is just the most cliched mundane boring way yep. to get rid of this in your kitchen like, it's a thing it's a thing that happens in every movie uh every one of these types of genre movies yep. and then when it's done evil dead style there's a surprise gout of blood oh yeah exactly exactly like that? evil exactly dead like and then evil covers dead. her with blood and i mean there's so much about this that like the blood type wouldn't match and all that kind of stuff but nobody cares mm. um so, yeah, that never gets brought up in court. And, no, yeah, the court is just what the hell. Yep. Now she's in trouble with the law because and and she is so stupid that instead of saying a man came in and killed him, obviously there are fingerprints on that hammer that do not belong to her. Yeah, he got away. Yeah, I blended his hand. You'll find bits of bone that match metacarpal bones in the sink. Talk to your fucking lawyer before you go you in. You should have been her lawyer. Yeah, anybody should have been. It's like, oh, I got him down. We had a fight. He started throwing mustard at me. I jammed his <laughs> hand in the garbage disposal, and he ran off bleeding, got out of the house, and then I never saw him again. There wouldn't be any blood in the hallway, Fulio, with that story. You're a terrible lawyer. Uh, on his way out, he was also carrying a blowtorch, and he burned his hand where it came off, and it completely cauterized the wound. No, so <laughs> that makes total sense. You are also, a good lawyer. Also put a glove on so that he wouldn't leave any prints <laughs> on his way out the door. He he was a very weird criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds it. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, she says, a hand did it. Killer hand did it. And so... In court here, I don't understand what this what I this part, man. The defense there saying like, ah, uh, she killed her dad after this crime at the wax museum, where two hundred people died. We're just not gonna talk about that. What? How about you talk about the like mass murder that you committed? No, no, no. And literally, it's brought up. She's like. The 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 attorney yeah. says that we've found more than two hundred bodies at this, and then does that her, have anything to do with this killing? Though, <laughs> I think it might establish a pattern of <laughs> behavior that she killed two hundred people, then went to a second location, killed another person. She's a mass murderer. But what the hell are these two hundred bodies? They're all there's, the old the oldsters. There were six people there. Oh, that's right. It's all the oldsters. I didn't even think of that. I was just like, all all the wax people would no. melt. There's no bodies. Like, nope, that's all oldsters. There wasn't 200 oldsters. Uh, film language. There was 200. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about the oldies. <laughs> I mean, and we also don't really know how many other people he killed. They just kind of had them stashed in there. Yeah, well, I mean, they needed 18 people, and they just about got it last time. Yeah, but That's also a far cry from two hundred. Also, Lurch kept killing people by accident. Not true. So those people never he turned into clutch. wax. Yeah. He just like kept accidentally murdering Whoops. police officers. <laughs> Broke Oopsie. <your> neck. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, all right, and then they're like, so Mark loses his shit 
he's watching from the audience and he's like, she didn't do it. It was a hand. A hand, <laughs> I tell you. A hand. Oh. He's dragged out. Okay, stop the trial. He, oh. he, he said it was the hand, too. Oh, sorry. We, uh, got, we got another guy who was... We've got another completely innocent man who was at the scene of the 200 people who <laughs> were burned to death. Yeah. Uh, let's take his word for it. And so... Instead, they don't actually take his word for it and drag him out of court. But then uh, she's released on her own recognizance because yeah, what? she's only killed 201 people. Yeah, so, so bail granted. Yeah, yeah, bail, they they won't, they refuse bail at 202 people. Oh, is that That's the limit? thing. As soon as they find that 202nd body, she's screwed. But, it's probably in Texas. But like, they're like, oh, on your own recognizance <laughs> for, for 201. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so... She does. She goes back to that incongruous 1950s taxi that should not be where they are. And, uh... And they hitch a ride to Sir Wilfred's house? Because they've searched every room in the house but one? So they're gonna go check that one out now? I mean... What? No. Yes. No. Yeah, that's uh, what happens. I mean, well, well, what happens is they go in and they find out that he's set up a 16 millimeter projector or an 8 millimeter projector or something. And it's in the middle of the room and they're like, oh, this must be for us. And it says, well, if you are playing this recording, things must not have gone well for me. And yeah. you also must have fucked up burning down the waxwork. Way to go, <laughs> dum-dums. Uh, and he says, but don't worry, there's all sorts of other magical amulets that can help you and blah, 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 go through time and etc. Also, time is just movies and nothing means anything. Yeah. Oh, Patrick McNee. And God and Satan are having a game in medieval times. A Nintendo game. Uh, I hate it so much. I hate... The God and Satan are having a game, yes. and there's one version of reality where it plays out, and if they lose, it kills off all of the... I guess. Uh, it changes things in the real world. That's so stupid, but <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, so my bitterness is spreading to you. I'm sorry, it is. Yeah, I wasn't actually this down on this movie before, and now I am. Uh, so what I think is interesting is he's like, and, well, if I'm dead, then you inherit this entire house and everything in it. And Mark's like, wow, as a billionaire, that doesn't matter to me at all. <laughs> I grew up in a massive mansion. Yeah. My parents are clearly billionaires. Who fucking cares it if I inherited seem like this he's house? A rich, he seems almost like a different character in this. He too, does like... seem like a... It seems like his life is completely different when yeah. he leaves there. If that had been... I wish that had been established. I wish they had somehow said that because of the events of this, that their lives had been altered. And oh, oh, his mom could accuse him of killing their butler because he was one of the oldies that died. Exactly, and all and of, cut him off. Yeah, or or even that literally his parents are now poor, and this is literally reality has changed. Yeah, because he can explain that those things that you thought were portals into a wax thing, those were, you know, doorways through time that were that were held there. They just happened to have the most evil souls going to them. Mm. Blah blah blah, you know, and then so that would at least kind of reinforce this idea of the time element of this story. Yeah. But they don't care. They really don't care. So, again, it's not time. It's movies. But, okay. Um, 
Movies is time. Movies is time is the theorem of this film. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Blah, blah, blah. This is the... Uh, he gets... He finds out that uh, he's also inherited all of the strange artifacts that Patrick McNee and his grandfather have collect- collected throughout their adventures over the years. And you will, of course, see that in the CBS spinoff show, Old Guy and His Adventures with the Waxworks <laughs> stuff on CBS. It only ran for six episodes. <laughs> uh, old Guy from Waxworks <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> I actually have been watching Patrick McNee a lot at night, though, because I bought this... Uh, TV series on tape from uh, Strange Man the other day <laughs> called Mysteries, Magic, and Miracles. And it's like the most fluff piece show about ghosts and, you know, uh, uh, UFOs and oh, all that kind I've, of stuff. I've seen it. Yes, but I've like, seen the Patrick you don't really show. learn any info. <laughs> it's just like, there's a ghost that haunts this house. <laughs> yeah, it's spooky. <laughs> okay, next thing up, we got UFOs over Mexico. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I saw it. Okay, next up, we got the mystical power <laughs> of healing with Hanshi action. Like, That's so great. I love that. It doesn't give you the history of anything. I remember like facts or. I remember that very clearly about that show. We started watching it, and it was like, wait, is he introducing the segments that are going to come later? And it's like, no, the, these are just all segments. Yeah. That's it. That was all that there was is it. to it. <laughs> In Texas, there's a man. Who can bend spoons yeah. by sitting in his comfy chair? Some yeah, there was a there was a flat earth segment that was all of thirty seconds the other day. Just what why some people out there actually think the earth is flat and they've got the theories to say they prove it. But we all know it's round. Next in Next. Texas we got <laughs> Stop, Patrick McNee. I know you I know you have gambling debts, but Jesus Christ, dude. Um in Texas tonight. In Texas. Let's see. Yeah. Well, Texas is on a lot of people's minds lately. <laughs> so things are things are going on there. Uh okay, so let's see. They get a cryptic hint about through the looking glass. Which Mmm, yep. what are you okay, so let's puzzle this out. What could it possibly mean? What could this so Sarah fondles the old man's Franklin Mint Alice in Wonderland chess set and uh, they get in. That's it. It was just, yeah. I guess, touch my chest set and the door will open or yep. some dumb they shit. They solved the mystery. Really stupid. Anyway, there's a fakey Jason mask and some other crap that he finds. And this bothers me, man, because like Jason was supposed to be a yeah. segment in the first movie, but they couldn't get the rights, so they kind of made it, you know, do a make good here with an Easter egg. But like, at least make it a Jason mask. That's like the <laughs> shitty. <laughs> The, the, the mask you find at CVS where it's like serial killer. It's well, like, no, yeah, it's, it's just a normal friggin' hockey cheat mask. Yeah, the replacement it, hockey it does, mask. It doesn't look like the actual Jason mask by any means. It's no. just like a real dumb generic. I wish I just gave... Is it that hard to get a, just a normal mask and put two blue triangles on it? And I don't it know. I, I don't know why they did that, but <clears throat> they did a bad job. Yes. So, bad movie. Bad. Bad movie. <laughs> Uh, they find a little piece of parchment and a compass thingy from the TV show Voyagers, basically. And it's like adding on to the ripoffs that this movie has. It's like, this is just the fucking TV show Voyagers. They have the compass and it shows them a way to get through time. And it's like, 
they're just I've never even heard of that show. But. It's it's basically Quantum Leap. It was it was one of the first I know that one. Yep. Uh Voyagers. I watched the shit out of it when I was a kid. I loved was it. Was on the same time with like sliders, that kind of stuff or? much earlier. Oh, okay. Uh and uh it was one of the first of those big tragic somebody playing around with a prop gun shoots himself in the head. No. The main the main actor from that show Whoops. accidentally killed himself oh, with bummer. a prop gun. Yeah. It was a real bummer. Uh it was a I really loved that show. Yeah. Uh but, yeah, it's again, it's another ripoff that this yeah. this thing has. They're just ripping off that show. Anyway, um, uh, the, oh yeah, he gets the compass, and he opens it up, and inside the compass, I actually kind of thought this was kind of fun. That there's a graphic, you you see the inside, of, yep. you see the interior, and then a door opens within the compass. Yeah. And then that opens a door in the real world. I also world. thought that was cool. I yeah. thought it looked nice. I'll give it that. I'll give him that. Mm. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> what? Um, that's right. Okay, so... She... <laughs> they go... <laughs> going on bro sorry (laughs) i'm sorry this really cracked me up when it happened because Uh i didn't i didn't understand what she meant i now i after the fact i get it but she goes in mark's like we gotta go we gotta save your life you know you're gonna get the electric chair let's get the fuck out of here and he's like he's going through the door and she's like no mark i don't want to run and the way that she says it instead of sounding like i don't want to run like hitting it at the end, yeah. which would mean I don't want to run from the law. Yeah. I don't want to escape this thing. It sounds, she says it's so whiny that it sounds like, nah, I don't feel like running. Yeah. You're going too fast. I don't want to go through a world. <laughs> and that was exactly how I took it when she says, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. run. But I, yeah, after the fact, it makes sense. Uh, they jump in, they fall like Alice in Wonderland. And uh, hey, look at that. And they lose each other, and one of the flying deadites from Evil Dead 2 shows up yeah. and carries Sarah off. Hey, look. Nah. More Evil Dead shit. Uh, so Mark starts seeing the world as a home movie, and this part is so stupid. What the fuck is this? Why did this even happen? Why did he Just crawl that- inside his mother's vagina Just- and turn into a zygote? Uh, because this director was out of his fucking mind. Dude, just zap into the Frank story. This zap is, into it. This, what? this didn't need to be here at all. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. It, it means nothing. I mean, if it does mean anything, it's it's going both over our heads. We don't care, and it doesn't build well, anything I mean, else later on in the movie. It means that time is going backwards. He crawled into his mother's vagina. He they just wanted to make something weird and creepy and uncomfortable. Why did time need to move backwards in vaginas? Like it doesn't make any sense. Just to, zap into Frankie. Damn it. Exactly because. I mean, I think it's basically because instead of time, they're traveling into movies and they wanted to get something to anchor us a little further into the idea that there's time passing. But but it doesn't make sense that he needed to be unborn. No. Like, that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, if it was up to me right here, they would fall down that rabbit hole and then they'd end up in Camelot. That's it. I would skip the freaking haunting. I would skip the alien. I... <laughs> Actually, I absolutely I agree with you partially. Yep. Uh, if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play you know Monday morning quarterback on this yep. movie, what I would say is that, this movie is an hour and forty five. Sure, minutes. sure, sure. I would say that this 
A story, the Camelot A story, should have been established here. They fall into Camelot. Yep. And then the every time they move, there needs to be a reason in this story, in this A story, mm-hmm. why they would need to go to another place. Oh, like we need this item and we know this sure. item's in this dimension, so we need to right, get that exactly. here. For, that would make sense. How and, can we solve these problems? And that would be the because, because not this. the and then. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And that's that would be how I would do it. Yep. But and it would also it would moor you in the fucking story. That's the thing. Where yeah. it's like we're going what forty five minutes into the movie before we know what the plot is. Yeah, exactly. And that's crazy. And then we only find out what. And that's not even really true because we find out the the a plot that we honestly don't care about, even though it is the it's the big galactic end of the world god yeah. and the devil that's not what we're following we're following these two people yeah. this is a character driven story should be and so they add this god and the devil shit in where he has to play hero and save the day but their story the plot only begins i don't know like an hour and 10 yeah because he's like ah i'll get a zombie hand and take it back, and then once we have a zombie hand, then we can establish yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. Because his original plot, uh, his original plan to get Frankenstein's diary, which we're going to find here, and reanimate dead flesh in the real world. It's like, dude, are you not noticing that, you know that Frankenstein wasn't real, right? So yeah. something about what's happening here, I don't think that when you go... So you're going to bring this fiction book into the real world? And, and they're going to like let you set up a thing with like a lightning rod yeah. <laughs> and bring a corpse to life in the middle of a courtroom, and that's going to prove your case? I don't think the judge is going to allow that. Maybe in Texas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Texas, the new New Jersey for punchlines. Um, I just like doing callbacks, which is another thing. This, this movie has a problem with yeah. because we spend time in the haunting and, and alien and it'd be cool if people from that came into the other Absolutely. thing for a payoff. Absolutely. But no, it's just, they're just, they do it one time. There's only one time that it happens and it's fun when it does, when you get, uh, when you bring Jack the Ripper into Nosferatu. Yeah. And that's the one that's crossover. That's like the one part I love of this movie. I thought that was brilliant. That I, could have been. That joke worked. That literally could have been the entire third act. The way that, like, basically the the entire third act of of the first movie was just the giant fight in the museum. Yep. In this movie, the entire third act could have been cross-pollinating characters from all of these worlds and having them interact. It could have been one of those, like, I mean, it's the kind of thing that these days is is all over the place. Yeah. The kind of mashup nonsense but i mean you know when you have when nosferatu shows up and goes up against the alien you're like well that's something i don't see every day that would be an interesting thing to have or or just like bounce back into the haunting thing and like bruce campbell holds him holds the guy while the other guy exactly or it goes into the alien and the alien ends up killing cerebus or whatever the hell exactly but there's no returning payoff at all with anything there, there were so many options. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so either way, we've shown up. Um, Mark is now in Frankenstein. Yeah. In the book Frankenstein. 
So, and man, I hate being this negative, but like, I don't enjoy one fucking iota of this Frankenstein segment. Nothing works for me. Huh. <laughs> God, I think you're right. <laughs> I don't think I enjoyed anything about it either. No. <laughs> Shit. I liked the way the monster looked. Well, I mean, I liked I liked when the carnage happened. The carnage was fun. I mean, it 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 was distracting the fact that all of the carnage was ripped off from Evil Dead. Yes. That was the problem. But um but the carnage was fun. If you can ignore the fact that it is just legitimately boosted from yep. Evil Dead 2, then it's fun. But okay, so whatever. Burgermeister shows up at the door. He wants to fe- speak to Victor Frankenstein. Uh they're like all the villagers aren't stoked about this monster story they're hearing in the village. You know the story. Um, and now Sarah is playing Victor Frankenstein's wife. She is another thing about this movie is that it is very sexist <laughs> and that like it's like our main character, he's got too strong a will. He knows exactly where he is at all times. Yeah, Sarah's just and like, this, I don't know who I am because I'm a girl. poor, sad, weak-minded <laughs> idiot that's with him. Uh, yep. She's a girl, so she just gets lost in these fantasies. Yep. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Bullshit. Bull to the shit for that. I did not enjoy that part of it. But it is part of it. And so she is. she still believes that she is Victor Frankenstein's yep. wife for most of this, and he keeps having to like slap her out of it, basically. <laughs> um. Mark is now Felix from Frankenstein. He's the the English tutor that Frankenstein, the the monster Frankenstein learns English oh, I thought from. Felix was the Igor character. No, there is an Igor character. Igor is in it as well. Igor actually grabs him at one I point. I thought Igor was named Felix. No? Um, maybe that's it. Yeah. But he does call him Mark, but Felix in the book is the is the English tutor. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I crossed it over when I was hard. To, that I mean I don't know that they're really. I had going. raging hate on that I was. Yeah, everything is cloudy. It's possible. In in uh, <laughs> Felix in the book was the the blind man who Frankenstein goes to talk okay. to. It's his son, yep. and he was like tutoring this girl and reading her. Uh, bah, bah, bah. The, the the God and Jesus and whatever uh, Paradise Lost thing. <laughs> God and Je- Jesus isn't in the Paradise Bible? Lost. Uh, and he's reading her Paradise Lost, and that's how the monster learns English. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> that's not important to this story at all. <laughs> yeah, this story's not important to this story. <laughs> hey, good point. Uh, so whatever. Igor shows up, and he's not stoked at how Mark was looking at Victor's lady friend. He drags him away, and he's like, you need to give slop to the monster. Yeah. And so he heads down, and he's like, here, go to his poop-encrusted cage and feed him some slop. <laughs> Mark goes to the slop bucket, and he's like, it's covered in mealworms. And it's like, oh, this is disgusting. I'm not going to feed you this. I can't feed you this. And he makes that very funny joke where he's like, eh, we could order a pizza. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> This movie needed like a, a big punch up, like person. a punch oh, yeah. up beyond punch ups. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, he he instead just like he feeds him. Uh, there's some leftover dinner that Victor had on the on the <laughs> Victor had on the table. He gives him that, so he's got like pork chops and some <laughs> actual food. He should have ordered him a pizza with the time compass, and he could have like. Exactly. A, d- a delivery a Domino's driver zoom, zap in there and exactly that and then funny. there's your there's your cross promotion yep. you get some money from Domino's 
<laughs> and then he's like, I brought your dinner. And the Domino's guy opens a pizza and he's like, ah, but then Frank eats the guy instead of the pizza. Boom. I mean, Even really, more fun jokes. if you're going to be doing this, you might as well do it. But in any <laughs> other movie, like, or in an RPG, you know, this would be the part where he's, he's earned Frankenstein's trust. Yeah. And it's like, now they're buddies. Like in anything, this is yeah. the this is the fucking wolf in Resident Evil Four. Yep, where like you free it from the totally. trap, and so it to helps bring you bring Frankie in to help you fight later on. But exactly, nope. but no, instead he just is like he just isn't as excited about killing Mark as Victor wants him to be, and that's all yep. it is. He's still a raging murder monster. He's just like he kind of changes his mind about who he wants to kill. Yep, as opposed to well, because he also looks at the slop bucket and realizes like, oh, this is a guy that's been feeding me. Yeah, yeah, time, sure. So. No. I I get better food from Mark yeah. is really what he what he's thinking, and this is the person who in, you know, in the book is speaking in this beautiful Victorian language, this unbelievably flowery, intelligent words coming out of this man, and it's like, in this, it's like, yeah, we're gonna have all of the characters, but we're just gonna not pay attention to the way that the actual story goes. Uh, whatever. Fuck you. Time is books. Time is books. No, time is movie. So (laughs) in the movie, he's just a grunting monster. Anyway, so Mark visits Sarah. She's totally lost in the sauce. She's totally in character. She doesn't remember anything, but she shakes it off for a minute. And Mark steals the notebook from Victor. So he's going to have proof now, (laughs) which is so insane. Uh, he's like, don't worry, we're going to reanimate a corpse right in front of the judge, and that'll teach him. But, I mean, did he plot the course to go to Frankenstein World? No. Exactly. So, I mean, what was his plan in the first place? Like, I, what was his plan in the first place? He just happened to pop into Frankie World. It's not like he's like, we need to go to Frankenstein to reanimate things. I mean, this so is... this just a happenstance? Exactly. This is happenstance. And that is another part of this that makes it more... Uh, and then this happens yep. because what we're seeing is like we could have seen this as a if if we'd started out and the plot had allowed him to know where he was going yep. from the beginning. Well, that he, he could have w- said that like I was in Night of the Living Dead World last movie like I need to set my course back there or something. To exactly. Get, get I, another hand. There was this there was a reality that was all in black and white that you know that uh, I found a hand there. I could do this. And it's like, you know, it would be safer. This is the world where Victor Frankenstein learned to, you know, the book here says this. You know, if you really want drama where they're getting lost, he can lose the book that has the information in one of the worlds. Yep. Done. He does anyway. But at least at least at some point have him able to know where he's going so that you can have this plot unfold in a sensible way that like that people can follow as opposed to. Now it's aliens. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> I like the movie Aliens. Yeah. And I like Godzilla, but not enough to make a costume. Ugh. That made me mad. Godzilla costume looks fucking awesome. Oh, How dare you? How dare you? Godzilla looks awesome. Your implication that like putting a fucking sock over whatever and then painting <laughs> it with liquid latex is the same as Godzilla insults the shit out of me. Yep. So I'm mad about that, but whatever. Um, okay. They head down to the living room to try to look for another time door, but the angry villagers burst in. Uh, he, he goes 
uh, he goes to the monster and there's the uh, the moment that Matt was hoping for in the first movie where he says, if you don't believe that they can hurt you, they can't hurt you. And then Igor hits him with a two by four and knocks him across the room. Okay, and for this, it's just like, it, it, it should be funny, but I kind of just knew that it was actually going to hit him this time. Yes. Like, you could just feel that. So it's like, in theory, this joke should work because it's funny. You know what I mean? If you just don't believe in them, they can't hurt you. See? Well, it's like, because that, of the timing, because it had poor comedic timing. Yeah, that because be it funny. was their timing was, uh, th- like it basically was like, don't worry, they can't hurt you. If blah 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 blah, and it stretched out. His line stretched out for ten seconds yeah. of him saying that thing, and then Igor's looking at him and doing like Saturday Night Live takes. Yeah, like, what was that? I can't believe what I'm hearing. Yeah. Can you believe this outrageous thing that's happening in this Saturday Night Live sketch? I'm a totally aghast. Yeah, you're right. That should have happened. You'd be like, they can't, they can't hurt you if you don't believe. Watch. Boom. Hit me. Bonk. Done. It's the timing and the whole like uh, because you were because you were waiting. Yeah. For so long, That's you knew right. it was going to happen. Yep. Bad comedic timing. So there it is. Uh, anyway, um, where are we? Oh yeah, we get the the funny popping eyes, spitting teeth. Ooh, he was like fucking regurgitating giblets there. <laughs> that was uh, pretty gross. Um, yeah, the the monster kills Frankenstein, and we get a really gross thing, and then we get the flying brain. <sighs> He's like he's reconsidering going back for the for the manual. Yep. When he sees Frankenstein put his hand through Igor and he's like, "Okay, no, I'm going to bounce." And so he mm. does. And now everything's in black and white and Mark's got kind of a Beatles haircut and a mod suit and we're in the haunting basically. Yep. So, uh Bruce Campbell is there. He's a psychical researcher and uh He's really into ghost stuff, and they're heading into the waxwork version of Hill House. And Deanna Troy from Star Trek is there, and she's looking like a less fucked up Amy Winehouse, which is pretty cool. I always love her anytime she's in anything. Not enough to remember her actual actual actress name. I don't, I don't, I don't know who she is. She was a I mean, main. She was one of the main Next Generation actresses. Gotcha. She was also in a ton of Corman movies. Okay. But uh, maybe not. A t- maybe not a ton. That uh, that might be an exaggeration. Um, she was in some weird period piece that Canon did, and it was in the Canon documentary. And she was just talking about what a miserable time it was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so we basically get seconds of this when we realize that because of the time difference between Mark leaving, he got through one door, uh, Sarah goes through another door, she goes to the alien world, yes. and we get this, we get the the main vampire from Sundown, who's awesome in this, I liked him a lot, and I, I just have to say it, the dialogue here blows, like... Well, dude, it's just, and it's also just a waste of time because we get well, on, of course, we get onto the ship again. This is just another waste of time story that doesn't go sure, anywhere. Sure, sure, sure. And then it's like the crew is fighting over things, but it's just like, why do we care? We haven't been following this crew. We haven't no, like, like <clears throat> it's an it, it's an alien parody. Just have her show up in the middle of the alien attacking people and be like, oh crap, and and we're there. That's all we need sure. to know. Sure, <laughs> I I definitely would have preferred that, and also. 
the thing that drives me crazy about this is number one the dialogue is terrible yeah i mean that that was like and boring it's terrible and boring but it's it's such a misunderstanding of the way the alien dial the aliens dialogue works (laughs) it was like no it, it works because when they're bandying all of these insults back and forth it's like playful they're doing these like kind of like jabs at each other and it's building character dynamics between them. You're like, oh, I know what you're like because you insulted this person about this one thing. You're yeah. like, oh, she doesn't like the cornbread either. You know, like, oh, hey, that guy's pretty cool. That's this thing. And oh, look at that. Hicks fell asleep while he was in the dropship. <laughs> Man, that guy is so fucking laid back. That guy must be amazing in a crisis. And he is. What an amazing way to build character. This is just like, hey, dickhead, I can't believe you're so stupid. Oh, yeah? Well, you're really dumb. And you fart a lot. Exactly. Now, all right, quickly, get your futuristic weapons. Is that a 12-gauge shotgun? Of course it is. It's the future. Okay, and you've got a handgun? Yup. You know that Alien had cool guns with, like, a cool sound that went with it, and it's a really distinctive sound that people have ripped off many times you could just take the m1a sound put it in there or you could just have guns yep. just have fucking just guns. guns why fucking not just have fucking guns just, gun it. just fucking guns so they do whatever <laughs> uh but we get to this uh, we get to this point where they're recreating the end of alien using fake characters from aliens and they all get into their spacesuits to blast the alien out into space. Which, what happens here? Like, there's, there's, <laughs> nothing. the air sucks out for a while. And nothing and happens. And then it just stops and sucking And then it out. just kills them in zero G. <laughs> it just starts murdering them in zero gravity. It's, there's a hilariously cartoony wall explosion that's like jagged and yeah. exact, like, <laughs> like it looks like it was cut out but with like, a saw. Did I miss something? Because, like, things start getting sucked out of that hole in the wall, but then it just stops. Like, uh, it does. It stops because it, the pressure equalizes. Oh, okay. Because after after they've done all this, the pressure equalizes, and then they're in zero gravity, and then the monster just strangles a guy to death, and he explodes <laughs> inside. He He's strangling him, but the oh, monster isn't strong enough. But he pulls the up. tube, oh, okay. and then it depressurizes, and his head explodes. I, uh, I don't watch enough sci-fi to, like... Right. Sure. It's just like what? Why wouldn't that keep sucking things out of the pole? All that <laughs> matters here. The only thing. This is my favorite thing about this entire movie. Any other movie would have cut this scene. There's an exterior shot after this where there's two people in outer space, and you can basically see that they are on sticks. Yeah. They're like little, like they look like they're made out of popsicle sticks yeah. and held on a wire. Like I mis- like that shot. I love that <laughs> shot. It looked terrible. Like, if Mystery Science Theater had done that shot for some of their interior, like, host segments, mm-hmm. they would have been like, nah, it's too fake. Yeah. No, we can't use this. That looks terrible. Uh, and they left it, I, which I I don't know. I You got to appreciate it. Yeah. You got you to gotta give them credit because they knew what that looked like. It's not like they're so stupid they didn't no. see that that looked terrible. They left it in there for a reason. Yeah. So we go back to the haunting world and they do all the iconic haunting scenes and they look good. I mean, but the problem is they do them multiple times. Mm -hmm. It's like they get the director was clearly really impressed with himself and how I can I can see how he would feel that way because he is killing it. 
this movie, if you put it side by side with The Haunting, it is almost it would be almost hard to tell which one is yeah, which. Yeah, but the big problem I find with this thing is how many people really know The Haunting that well enough to exactly. actually get this parody when they were watching this movie. I mean, I mean, me and you, yeah, I love The Haunting. I think it's awesome. But yeah. like, most people watching this, you know what I mean, wouldn't just be like, oh, I mean, I didn't even get, I, I like The Haunting a lot, but like, yeah. I didn't even get it that it was a direct parody oh to God. this. It's so direct. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't remember The Haunting right. well enough to like, be like, oh, it's. Yeah, there's the, there's the, the iconic uh, screen stretch, which was like super iconic in yeah. the movie. Uh, there's the door with the the first occurrence of the latex door that yep. pushes forward with the faces in it like that that was really amazing in they did they did it justice yep let's just say that I mean I'm kind of a dummy where I so often forget everything that I ever watched so it's Fair. just like I remember loving the haunting but it's like no I don't remember that stuff anyway yeah <laughs> no it's it, I understand that haunting was all done on a soundstage that possible how is that possible it's fucking crazy anyway um okay so we get all of this and also things get complicated here we get character development for deanna troy's character for no reason like there's this implication well i mean there was it's almost like they're doing kind of a they're doing a bit of a parody of the haunting here where that character in the haunting was a bit of she was kind of like played as a bit promiscuous like as much as the 50s could do yep. and in this they're just like hey I'd have sex with her hey I'd have sex with her and she's just kind of like I'll have sex with this person and this person and she's just kind of like constantly throwing out all of her lines are like ultra horny for yeah just just for shits and giggles which doesn't really land unfortunately uh but we do the uh we do shining references here, which I don't, I don't understand. There's like a Deanna Troy's hanged in the hallway and then she points and then there's the fucking shining twin sounds and they're like, come play with us. And then it's like, okay, cool. And then blood comes out of an elevator yeah. and it's like, what? wait, what? what? Dude, stop. Yeah. Like this is not fucking ready player one. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> but he does not stop it, by the way. He does not listen to me. And then we get the the abusing Bruce Campbell Campbell thing, where he they find him in a room. His he's his chest has been eaten down to a rib cage by a bird because he's been tied to planks of wood. And he does a bunch of improvised dialogue about how he got into paranormal investigation. It's kind of funny. And uh, then Mark drops him on his open chest on the floor. It's, it's it's just it's it's weird because I feel like it should be funny, but when I'm watching this, I'm not laughing, and I crack up easy. You do. You are you are definitely an yeah. easy mark for this kind of stuff. And it's like for some reason this just does not work for me. Uh, it's funny though because for me this this scene does work. It might just be because I love Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. so much, and just seeing him do his Bruce Campbell thing yep. is always awesome to and me. And his Bruce Campbell thing is great. I mean, he nails the performance here. But he like, does. It still just doesn't... And I, the gag that I find funny about this is Bruce Campbell's choice. I, I assume it's his choice as an actor to constantly 
forgive him instantly and pretend like nothing's happened yep. after the horrible thing happens to him. So he's not just constantly in screaming pain. Yeah. Like they throw salt on him. They throw vinegar on him by accident, which is, you know, a <laughs> Looney Tunes joke, yep. basically. Uh, and but but he's constantly like, oh, well, you know, these things happen. And he kind of does that. I, I found that pretty funny. And I, I just like him, obviously. So whatever. We figure out uh, the, the lady turns into a demon, Evil Dead style. And there's Weird. some Evil Dead. Yeah. And uh, Deanna Troy comes to kill him. But they're saved in the nick of time because he's been reading passages out of the Bible and blah, blah, blah. It's just a fairly that part was really dumb and boring. Yeah. Bruce Campbell ends his line, his whole thing with. It's only a flesh wound. It's like, you're going to be okay, right? It's like, it's only a flesh wound. And it's like, yeah. uh. was that a fucking Monty Python reference yes. at the end of this thing? Mm. Really? Really? Mm. Okay. Uh, so Mark hits the portal and vanishes. And we go back to the terrible Aliens movie. Uh, the aliens were brought aboard the ship in soup. I guess was something that he <laughs> said. And one of the other survivors ate it. Uh, he turns into an alien where it's not very aliens because he's got like tentacles. So there's something cool about this. This effect is actually, I can't underplay it. The alien in this looks incredible. Yeah. Period. Uh, the alien metamorphosis effect for this, this actor when he starts changing and gets yep. the tentacles coming out of his throat and all of that prosthetic phenomenal. Yep. Those, those things look so good. The parody itself is terrible, but the effects look great. Um, there's, yeah, Mark shows up at this point, and he's like, he saves her, puts an axe through the thing, he kills it. He puts a grenade a, in the alien, kills the alien, and then, and then does this shtick where, apparently, since he was in the... Yes. Once he left the haunting, he went through all these other different time doors trying to find... Things that could yep. resurrect flesh, and so he's dragging around this, I don't know, giant voodoo, Haitian voodoo, voodoo coffin. resurrection coffin or some shit like that, and it's a, it's very funny. It's very funny. It's very, very funny. But uh, either way, he, he fucks around long enough that the alien ship, that another alien shows up and tries to kill them. And, and the so. ship self-destructs, and he loses his time compass to the alien hand here for some reason like he just gets another one back and yeah i guess there's no so. no fucking reason uh and so he doesn't he, even seem to care when they let him up in camelot either like oh shoot i lost my time oh, oh no that means we can't open any more time doors to go back home oh no oh, well <laughs> we're trapped with no connections in the worst time period yeah. in imaginable like you without any any kind of family connections or anything you are going to live the worst life you are going yeah. to die of dysentery within a week maybe maybe you'll they make don't it a week seem to be too bothered when they it. are not bothered by it <laughs> at all um and so because these are all movies, I'm assuming this is a Bird Eye Gordon kind of thing. This looks like the magic sword or one of those kind of things. Uh, they There's a gag where there's a hair in the gate on the on the rear projector, which is like, ah, I get it. There's a hair on it. So it looks like <sighs> I'm sorry. I've, you're making me this negative. 
I like the bird eye Gordon thing. Whatever, it's fine. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Although, this is where the music goes off the rails. Yeah, what's going on here? What? It's the, like this new age 80s synth pop. And... Like, this must have been the year that Enya came out. Yeah. <laughs> because, and there's also a fucking bit. I thought there was a CNC Music Factory song playing while they were in, like, medieval jester land or whatever the fuck was happening there. I mean, it sure sounds like it. Yeah. It's so funny. It does not fit the it's scene by so any much, means. So much shitty Enya is playing through this, like, really funny knockoff Enya. Um, but, okay, so we're in, we're in a medieval setting, and since literally everyone watching this movie by this point has forgotten what the plot of this movie is <laughs> they finally restate what's happening because thank god because we would not have known otherwise they basically say what they're there for and yep. what they're looking for and why why all this is happening and so after that they all get surrounded by evil horsemen there's a bunch of black knights that surround them they knock mark down and uh and they grab sarah great david carradine shows up for all of three seconds to collect a paycheck david carradine shows up to get a bottle of gin and uh <laughs> and he says here take this magical sword or whatever i'm not gonna need it and then he vanishes like a jedi <laughs> and once again this movie has mark being this master swordsman who's able to take on all these trained well in this soldiers. case at least in this case because this movie is basically the magic sword, he's got a magic sword. Oh, okay. Great. It's it's like we're assuming that this is basically Excalibur or yep. something. So, sure, he's got a magic sword. Say something. Say this sword will make you a master swordsman. Easy. Say anything. Yeah. Uh, this this will allow you to avenge. It's it's you know pulled from the lake of blah blah blah. Whatever. Just say some dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> say some dumb magic shit, and we'll be like, oh, cool. That's why he can do this. Yeah. Great. Uh, because in this case, you're literally talking about an elite army yeah. of people. These are the king's personal guards. That's these what are I'm the saying. best. He's just, he can hold his own with all these people. These are legitimately the best swordsmen in all of England. Yeah. And there's multiples of them, and he's taking on all of them at once, and he's just like, yep, God chose me. I don't know why. <laughs> Probably because I'm white and rich. Do do do. Ugh. This fucking movie. Oh, I didn't even think about the like weird colonial kind of <laughs> aspect of it either. <laughs> it's like God is like choosing another white dude to do something. It's like it's even grosser than I thought about it before. <laughs> uh, but at least we've got Hans Gruber's henchman here. So that's cool. Um, Sarah's tied up and getting tickled with a feather. Which I was like, what? I mean, at least she's not getting whipped to death by the Marquis de Sade. Yeah, so, you know what? Spared that. So I guess I'll take, I'll take it. it. <laughs> uh, we got Hans Gruber's blonde guy here, the the guy that does karate in the nude. <laughs> and uh, his he's the henchman of Scara What's It's. I can't remember what his name is. Scarabus, I think. Scarabus, whatever. Uh, he has this weird L.A. type dude as his second in command who wears, like, really poorly matched <laughs> lipstick. <laughs> It reminds me of Davey Havoc from AFI. He looks like Davey Havoc. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, now that I think... Well, that makes him way cooler. Yeah. Now I think he's cool. That Son of Sam album rules, yeah. by the way, everybody. Check that out. 
It's everybody from Sam Hain and Davey Havoc. Only thing that Glenn Danzig's ever done backup vocals for. Uh, anyway, blah, blah. It's uh, He's making out with a with this lady and like sucking on her boobies and uh and he in the middle of doing this he's like have her check to be sure she's a virgin just to prove that he's also a hypocrite yeah he doesn't care about himself he just cares about this lady so he's gonna do they're gonna do the gross virginity test on her and you know whatever it's stupid back in sarah's room she's falling asleep in a chair mark assumes she's drugged he shows up looking all prince valianty and drags her out uh luckily he consistently evades the guards yeah which i would not be surprised by because their their helmets make it look like they have no peripheral vision <laughs> whatsoever and they're making tons of clanky noises when they move so it's probably not that hard to hide from these guys um as he's sneaking out, as in so, like, this is so by the numbers that it's just like all of these movies. It's Temple of Doom. It's uh, young Sherlock Holmes, whatever. They they witness a ceremony. Yep. There's a druidic ceremony. And it's like, okay, uh, what's happening? They're, no, really, what is happening? Yeah, they're, they're, they're turning a they're woman turning into a, a woman puma into lady? A puma lady? Uh I hate this. Um, <laughs> well, for one, I think the effect looks good. It does. I, for two, I hate the look. For some, for some reason, it bothers me. Like, I don't like looking at it. Because she looks like a fucking nude mole rat. Yeah, it's weird. She's like a, it's like the sleepwalkers look, which I also hate. Yeah. I hate the way the sleepwalkers I look, don't too. Like, it makes me uncomfortable looking The at gross, it. hairless cat look yeah. is freaky. It's yep. super freaky. So, I mean, good in the movie for freaking me out, but at the same time, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to look at this. <laughs> but also, during this thing, that's when the CNC Music Factory yeah. song comes up. And it's like, wait, are you? gonna make me sweat till i bleed the movie does end with a rap song <laughs> oh my god okay so how can you hate this movie when it wraps up with a song i don't hate that part <laughs> holy shit he manages to fit the words waxwork two into his <laughs> rhymes oh my god yeah, cool. <laughs> that everything about that makes me so happy <laughs> So, okay. One point. <laughs> okay. Put that on the chalkboard. It Two gets... for the Nosferatu Ripper thing. Yep, that's good too. I love that. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Mark reads a big book and he's like, uh, there's a big diabolical scheme and we need to foil it. And Sarah's like, how about we instead get the fuck out of here before we die? <laughs> And but how would they even? He lost the thing. Exactly. So, well, they're going to try to figure out how to do that. Oh, or okay. maybe that, or at least get out of the building. How about yeah. that? How about just getting out of, yep, getting castle. away from the, yeah, the crazy people that want to kill him. Uh, but he doesn't. Uh, Mark gets caught. They put him in a man in the iron mask mask. <laughs> and they imply that he's going to get eaten by rats for some reason. And... Then we cut to a filthy dining room that's covered in hay for some reason. Is that something that they did in medieval times? You tell me. I don't watch medieval shit. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they kept farm animals in their living rooms or dining rooms. Um, there's a ton of random hot L.A. models in here just kind of standing yeah. around, and some of them are doing circus tricks. And there's a couple really, really annoying jesters who just keep... 
Oh, this, dancing around. What are they? They I don't are know, like they bug the hell out of me every time they were on screen. I was like, get off my screen. Yeah, they are like <laughs> they're definitely rejects from a Men Without Hats video. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're they're not gesturing. Yeah, they're just like they're just uh, being annoying. They're just uncomfortable. They're yeah. like they just basically their deal is like getting up in people's, people's faces. faces and being like, oh look at me, I'm a gesture. Oh, I'm gonna move <laughs> on and do somebody else stuff. If they move their head that much, like if they did move their head at all, it would be okay. That'd be something, but they kind of just, yeah, st- like stoically stare yeah. at them. It's like fucking creepy yeah. and weird. Like I would not hire these jesters no. personally. They do not jest I'd well. Feed them to my pet puma lady. <laughs> Why does he? Have, what is the purpose? Does he just want a puma lady? I think the puma lady gives him the power, or he got some kind of power to trans. That's what Bobby's with the king. That's how he got the magic power to do oh, that. Oh, right. Oh, oh, it's one of those Puma ladies. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yes, sorry. I did. That... I did. Oh, 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 oh. It's it's the Puma lady that, that you you that you make so that you, you can so you turn can... into the king. And yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it all yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Now I'm starting to actually think that I know what it is. I think he was experimenting with the. So here's the problem, that failed. So he was experimenting with transforming someone into something else. She did not turn into a puma. So she kind of did. He was like, this is close enough. I bet when <laughs> I do it, I'll turn exactly into the king. All I need is a king head. It, her would, head changed. I would love it so much if he turned as much into the king as she turned into the puma. <laughs> and so he's just like this big, like melted like face. Yeah. Nobody calls attention to it. Everyone's just like, hey, it's the king. And he's like dripping goo <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. Like, yep, it's me, the king. But I am John Ireland. But they wouldn't do that in this because that, that would, would actually be, fu- be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> so you don't want that. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in comes King Arthur, played by our old pal John Ireland, again from Sundown, a much better movie that he made. Yes. Uh, again, he made Waxwork. He made Sundown, and in between, he made this pile of garbage. What the fuck, man? Yeah, man. Didn't he do that Amityville as well? Which Amityville? It's About Time. Oh, shit, did he? I think he made it on that, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Ish. It's a goodish one. <laughs> I like it. It's a goodish one. Uh, I mean, listen, on a scale of Amityville movies, it's one of the greatest movies ever oh, made. Yeah. If you scale it, if you scale it on Amityville films, <laughs> my God, it's the it's a fucking Godfather. But uh, <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, so obviously he's from a billion movies, but Sundown is obviously the best thing he ever did. Uh, he's supposed to marry Sarah, as it turns out. That that's why he wants he wants or he, as in Hans Gruber's blonde henchman, wants to get Sarah to marry the king so that when he's the when he impersonates the king he marries Sarah. Was oh, that one? I couldn't focus on Woof. Say my Woof. Life. Yeah, I mean it's that kind of logic that makes this movie just so fun to follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is this is where like both times trying to watch this I just my my mind just wandered. I was like what's going on? I like I just I lost the plot. Yeah. Like and that, and that, I mean that's my fault not the movie. Like but because I don't like medieval kind of things. Sure. So it's just like, for me, it was just like, this is hard to yeah. stick with. And it and it's also the least, 
the other thing that's interesting about this is there's a there's like a mystery science theater joke that's like never play a good movie in your bad movie Mm -hmm. you know they were referencing casablanca in some shitty pbs movie and this is a perfect example it's like you made like that haunting parody that is perfect like you did such a good job with that and everything in that is so much better than everything else that when we get to the actual movie part we're like oh "Oh, that's not very good okay like it's it's almost like it's just like the quality is not i mean luckily it does... i just remember texting you the other night when i was watching this being like man i can't wait till they bounce out of this medieval world this part sucks and and you're, like, that's the main part of the whole movie sorry dude that's the a story I was like, what? <laughs> Yo. i'm like they're really sticking around this part long <laughs> mm, yeah and that is not the place to do it. and and this story could have continued through time yeah. Again, it could have been another one of those things where you could have given this the stupid sorcerer could have ditched this whole story where he's like, I'm trying to do X, Y, and Z, and then you could have foiled it, and then he's like, Oh, now I've got the time compass. Yep. Cool. You came from time and now I know how to do this shit, and then you follow him through time and you have to keep, you know, going after him, blah, blah, blah. That would have been fine. Yeah. Ah, yeah. But whatever. Okay. So Mark has, of course, hit one billion bottles of beer on the wall at this point. (laughs) 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 Uh, And Patrick McNee shows up in Raven form and we get a straight bad naked gun joke. A joke that doesn't even work because he's already been in the movie. He shows up and he's like, oh, so Wilfred, once he once he hears the voice of the Raven talking, he's like, yes, it's the only way they let me in this movie. It's like, you were in the beginning, dude. You were, you were on a videotape in the beginning. Yeah, you the were on a- full face. A, yeah, you... yeah, you were actually in it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, the joke doesn't land anyway. It's bad anyway. It's a bad joke anyway, but it doesn't work because we've already seen him. Yeah. <laughs> And he basically, he drops all the information that this You're is playing a, God and Satan's Nintendo game. Uh, yep. They're having wars and this is all having an effect on the real world or some dumb shit. But he's carried back the compass from another reality somehow. Who cares? Uh, Not he, me. he calls he calls the <laughs> compass a locket, too. Because I think it's probably smart to do that because they called the because the compass was the thing from Voyagers as well that they literally called it the compass I think and <laughs> so I think that's probably why. Um, so <laughs> he's like, "You've been chosen to be a time warrior," and he's like, "Wow, God's gonna pay me to be a time warrior? I mean, surf? I mean, wait, <laughs> the FBI is gonna pay me to time warrior?" And he's like. So he's all excited about being a time warrior. Who fucking cares? Not me. Uh, but Mark's free now. Somehow, the somehow in Raven form, he was able to free him yeah. from the shackles. Doesn't matter. I'll roll uh, with it. Some the, some hot ladies do circus stuff, and more of this hilarious '90s dance music <laughs> plays. It's like the grind with like medieval times behind it. Um, the dude with the bad eyebrows who looks like Damie Havoc. <laughs> um, uh, he poisons or drugs king arthur and then he starts tripping and falls into his food he's like oh boy and 
we get a super media res cut into a guard being strangled so we don't have to explain how Mark got down to the dungeon, how he got this guard yeah, right? near the He's door. He's just like strangling somebody and then all of a sudden gets out of jail. It's like, what, was there a scene missing here? No, because <laughs> there's no way to explain how Mark would get his hands on that guy's neck, how yeah. he'd be able to strangle a man that is clearly 400 pounds and he's like Why 140. Why his door just be unlocked after the guy falls on the ground? Of course, all of that shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's a million things that needed to be explained that can be explained by jumping and smash-cutting media res. Yep. Boom. Takes care of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, now... I guess uh, Hans Gruber's henchman is taking a nap next to King Arthur to, so that he can he's gonna swap he's gonna, bodies. He's going to transmogrify his face so he looks just right. like the king. Right, that's what it is. And then he's going to go marry He's going to go marry Sarah, Sarah. Even though that's his sister? Yes, but he's into it. Whatever, it's medieval times. He doesn't give a shit. He's so perverse that he's into that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's he's royalty, so it like that would be the first yeah, time true. that shit's ever yeah, right. happened. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, jeez, I talked a lot about syphilis last podcast. <laughs> That's why congenital syphilis is the uh, the problem with the entire British monarchy. Jeez, I thought Texas was bad. <laughs> that doesn't even work. <laughs> what are you writing Waxwork 2 over I there? I am writing Waxwork 2 over there. <laughs> uh, okay, so. <laughs> that's a callback to the movie Waxwork 2 that we watched. <laughs> uh, okay, so. He, At least somebody makes things pay out. <laughs> <laughs> so they they fight. He frees all of the, all of the prisoners who are in the down in the dungeon so that they can become his own personal army to fight yep. his way through all of this stuff. They fight their way to, to the the king and he tells he tells the, the king's royal guard that Scarabingo is fucking transforming into the king and and he's like, I don't believe you. I'm gonna go in here and check and he's like, Look, it's just the king and he's like, wait a minute, he doesn't have a ring on and it's like no one who's the king could possibly not wear a ring. A king has that welded to his frame yeah. somehow. What the? F that was it. <laughs> that was it, dude. He could take off the ring. Yeah. He took off the ring. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, hey, king, where's your ring? You could have said, my liege, you appear to be missing your ring. Uh, although I think he kind of did. He was like, because I think the king says. What ring? Because fucking Scaradingus is a fucking moron. <laughs> That's not how you do these things. But okay, sure. Um, Mark tramps over the king's bed and goes into a secret chamber behind it. And uh, he finds the actual king, king. tied up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the, the, the king's royal guard is like, oh, shit. Check it out. That really was a big deal. Hey, look at that. You you saved the king. Congratulations. And they go back out and Scarabing Bong is fucking missing. And it's like the guy says, oh, but he was the king. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Again. These I, jokes. I kind of found that line like half funny. Like it feels like it should have been funnier than it was. But like maybe just everybody's just bad with delivery. Like, it's like, why didn't you stop him? Well, he's like. King, I he's the can't king. really stop the king, right? I think again, 
it's a timing thing where it's like if he had just said he's the king and then it cut away that's a joke but he's the king i couldn't stop him because he's the king and so let me tell you a story about my childhood when the king <laughs> caught a fish that i then fed to my family and it's like oh, okay diminishing returns as you continue to yep. pad out your lines you're right yeah that's what but okay so uh where are we uh oh no i'm on an, i'm on the next page uh scaramanga turns back into the hot karate guy and he being this big burly karate guy hires has some other dude beat mark's ass yeah, which is funny this random guy comes in and he's just he's like crushed by you a book. go get him <laughs> Uh, he nearly fe- he nearly defeats him, but Mark hits him with a book in a scene that I think was supposed to be funny. Uh, Sarah turns on Scaranophilus and yells a lot, and the guy with the bad eyebrows is told to kill her. And then we get this weird cartoon yep. fisticuffs thing from Sarah that just plays. And we pad out what so should have been five minutes yeah. into 20 minutes. Yep. Uh, there's in, in a comedy beat that, that works for what it is, Mark squishes his balls. It works about as well as it would in the Adam Sandler movie that it belongs in. So, uh, he now finally Mark fights with blonde karate man. And to keep it interesting, we start popping through different fictional stories. Like they should have been doing this whole time. This whole time. And it's very, it's very much like, uh, like the end of shocker where they they jump through all the different TV channels constantly. Yeah. And it's like, man, I want this to work so bad because I love this concept. Like, I love it in Shocker. It works. Like, right. And it should work for here, but I'm just like, I've just been beaten over the head so much yes. with, with mediocrity this whole time that I'm just like, I'm tuned out at this section. At this. Yeah, yeah. Mean when this this could have been happening through this whole movie. Yep. It's it's like if Stay Tuned had waited until the end to exactly go any into parodies different, or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, what? dude, you had all this time. Yeah. Uh, like, and you could have even edited this thing so that all of the different parts happen at different times. Like, I would have loved to have seen. I mean, I'm probably saying the same thing I said before, but I, I would have loved to have seen them go back to the haunting for other reasons. Yeah. And, you know, just like I have an idea. What if we get blah blah blah? Or I left. Fuck, I left this thing in this. Yep. I have to go back for this. Blah blah blah. You know, if we can lure him in here, we can have Frankenstein's monster kill him. Or well, again, that's the because, but we don't have that. We just have the and yeah. thens. And thens. And uh, they they go into more of these again fictional stories being referred to as history, and it's like Dawn of the Dead, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and. The Dawn of the Dead is actually the the important one because he actually cuts the hand off yeah. in in Dawn of the Dead. And I do like that. I thought the, that was cool. The Dawn of the Dead one looks great. Yep. It was a really fun. The the zombies look exactly like the Savini zombies. They went out of their way to to do the things that look amazing about the Savini zombies and the things that look bad about the Savini zombies because of the rush jobs for yep. all of them. You could see the lines on their necks and things like that, which I thought was a funny little little bit. I enjoyed that. Uh, we wound up in Nosferatu, where we get a cameo from Drew Barrymore sitting in the bed, yep. which was Drew Barrymore. So that made me happy that she was there because <laughs> I like her. Um, and then they go into just this saddest, like most pathetic Godzilla parody. It's like, 
dude, this is the hackiest shit I've it's ever awful. seen. This is like, I it, it's get it. Hack it's beyond like, hack. Oh really? Oh oh, Japanese movies have yeah, sound sync issues. Exactly. That's God. It's such an overplayed joke. That's the joke. joke. That's the joke. It's such an overplayed joke, and the Godzilla creature just looked terrible. It made me angry. Yeah, same. Again, like the fact that they were like. Yeah, Godzilla's look terrible. Godzilla's do not look fucking terrible. They look fucking awesome. Yeah. And yours looked like a sock. You know, like mm. yours looked like a pair of pantyhose with jello yep. in it. Like, fuck you. <laughs> like, yep. Fuck you for not understanding why Godzilla movies mm. are awesome. <laughs> it's actually kind of how I felt about that. Um, and also, you know, it was a little, little weird to have him have the Japanese haircut and then be Japanese. Yeah. That was also, you know... In any other movie of this time, I would have said product of its time, but this movie, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so, okay. A Neptune man shows up for a second, which was kind of fun. I like that. Um, Is that that robot that yeah. walks out of the thing? What's that from? <laughs> it's from a couple different things. There's a there's a Japanese movie called Invasion of the Neptune Men okay. that has that design. And there's also, these are all things... This is all my encyclopedic mystery science theater knowledge. Yeah. That's all the only reason. Uh, the Undersea Kingdom was another one. It was a, a bunch of serials okay. that played in front of movies. Uh, yeah, so those were cool. I really liked those robots. Yep. Um, so back in story A, oh, Sarah kills Eyebrow Guy. Cool. Pretty pointless. Um, it... It's so crazy. You have all this shit. You had a killer robot in that world, and Sarah stabs him. Yeah. Right? Like, she, like... Give us a payoff. Of all the things, you could bring anything in. You have all these times crashing together. Yep. You could have been eaten by Godzilla. You could do anything, and instead... That's the thing. They only mix and match Jack the Ripper with Nosferatu, which is my absolute favorite moment of this movie and also and that's the most like that's almost a it's almost a line because like it's like eh, jack the ripper like similar time frames you know it's not it doesn't even feel asynchronous it's like a robot and nosferatu you're like oh wow that's crazy oh an alien and jack the ripper oh that's crazy godzilla and the haunting what that's crazy none of that none of that like the house from the haunting gets stepped on by Godzilla. Yeah, perfect. Anything. <laughs> uh, that would have been the way to pay off the haunting. Yeah, absolutely. Would have been let Godzilla loose in there, and it's just like something's about to be let loose in the world, and Godzilla just steps on the house. And they play some Monty Python style music while it happens. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Money. That's how you do it. Okay. And uh, they grab the hand, and based on a fairly inscrutable line from Through the Looking Glass, they take a, they're like, just take a guess. And it's like, what? What? Okay, so you guess. That's it. You didn't need Alice in Wonderland in this at all. That that didn't help you figure (laughs) out, that was your only option. Your only option was to take a blind guess. So why are you gagabobar? Uh, okay, so Mark gets grabbed by a weird monster man, 
Sarah smashes the monster man's head in with a flail. That was pretty fun. That was a good effect. Yeah, it was. Oh, I thought the monster man was Scarabus still because he got he got Scarabus got eaten by the the uh, puma monster, and then his face was all screwed up. So I think oh, was, was it? I could yeah. not tell who it was. I mean, oh, his maybe face it was, was, oh, well, actually, maybe it was the book guy that got hit by the book. I think that was why his face is all messed it. up. Yeah, who cares? Dude, who knows? <laughs> I don't even know how Scarab Scarabing Bong dies. Yeah, he gets eaten by the Puma Lady. Scarab What is his name? Scarab Scarabus, I think. Scarabus? I don't know. He okay. keeps putting dingus in ding dong and <laughs> couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so uh whatever. Mark says there's some last minute drama that doesn't make any sense. Mark claims there's this this line that he's like the door's gotten too small for yeah. us to both go through. And it's like, has Why? it? Why? I hated this. Why if a person fits, then two people fit. Just jump through. Just yeah. hold hands and jump. Exactly. Like, this is just an unnecessary thing here happening. Like, pull me through when you come through. Yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know. It, it didn't make sense why he couldn't go through. The door was not noticeably smaller. There was... He basically says... And right, like, the minute... Oh. Hour 40 mark here, like... Fuck this shit. Just jump in the goddamn door together and go to court. No, Just because go. instead we have to have this amazingly clever ending. Ugh. So they bring... <laughs> we cut to the court. And oh, uh, before before this, there's a sad moment where she pulls a painting out in that room that she's oh, yeah, materialized. She he's been... He's a heroic knight. He he's in the Black there. Knight armor because yeah. he stayed there. Which is funny because he's in the evil Black Knight armor instead of the heroic. Oh, you're Which right. I thought was funny. I was like, wait, that's the bad guy's armor, but uh, whatever. Well, maybe if matter. there was going to be a part three and we actually followed her back there, he would be the bad guy. Oh, Whoa. boy. Whoa. That would be great. Time changes you, man. Oh, that could be it. That could turn out to be that he was actually the... The, the guy who can change faces so he looks like that he looks like oh. mark and mark's been driven off and maybe that was actually the plan actually now that i think about it that makes sense anyway they're back in court she's got a hand in a in a glass aquarium <laughs> that was kind of funny and That's they're like funny. well i guess based I guess, on I this guess hands <laughs> can be real and kill people based on this new information that reanimated flesh can murder people you're free to go. You're free to go. <laughs> You've just completely destroyed everything we know about science and the afterlife and Somebody everything. Somebody lock up that hand. <laughs> yeah, and so she gets she gets let free, and then because this movie has not cribbed enough shit, uh, an appearance by Back to the Future Three. <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future Three makes an appearance here, where. Oh, look, we've got a message from the past. My my company, which was founded in England, uh, has a package for you. I can't believe that you're, you're here exactly when they said you would be. Well, there you go. And so she takes it. Of course, it's from Mark. It's a time compass. It says, join me. And she's like... Oh, man, I've been hoping to go someplace with both the Black Plague and no right? running water. Oh, oh, if only there was a place where all the toilets were mostly in the road. <laughs> oh, boy, that would be great. I don't understand why she didn't open it up, find the compass, and the note just says, open the door. 
You know what I mean? And then she just like points it at the wall and zoop, dude comes out from the past. There you go. Then they're together in the present day. She's Someplace exonerated. where soap has been invented. Exactly. Yeah. That seemed like it would make so much more sense to for him to open a door for him to pop this definitely of, this instead of feels her going, oh like, i can't wait to go back to like you said pooping in <laughs> bucket world i can't wait the honey bucket lifestyle is really the <laughs> way uh the way for me but so you promise there's no doctors there right exactly you promise that if i get a splinter i'll die of gangrene <laughs> right of course you will, honey. I'll be right there. <laughs> no antiseptics have ever been created or antibiotics. You're going to die of everything. Uh, childbirth Family. is a death sentence, yep. by the way. Uh, so cool. Um, but yeah, this this happens. And it's clear that the reason is because they wanted to make a part three. Yeah. And this this is the easiest way to set up a part three. And now that I think about why he's wearing the evil looking armor, that probably is the most sensible answer is that they had some sort of plot already worked out that would have made sense as to why he's dressed like that. Yeah. Um, and so, sure, they were probably going to make a waxwork three, but this one was such a hot mess that people were like, no, we're good. Which is too bad. People seem to like it, though. It's got genuinely I have reviews. I have definitely heard people <clears throat> say that they like this movie. I've, and I've read certain comments saying they love it more than the first one. That's And that crazy. just blows my brain. That's crazy. <clears throat> I understand liking this movie because... That's the thing, man. Like, I really want to like this movie because it is so crazy that I, I respect it for its uniqueness and for its... Yes. its the, ch- the chances it takes. It's not your typical movie by any means. So, I mean, I got to give it credit for that. But at the same time, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. And, and I see myself just like staring at my watch, yes. even though I don't wear one constantly. <laughs> I would say that this movie fails on a lot of levels. Uh, it drags in a lot of places. But I'm also going to say that I'm probably going to watch this movie again. Like, I think I can see... (laughs) I can see myself watching this again. There are moments of this movie that I like. There are things about it I enjoy. Um, I definitely wonder if the people who say that they love this movie have seen it recently. Mm. Or if it's like a nostalgic remembering. Because I remembered the Bruce Campbell scene. I remembered something different about it i think i'm thinking actually i'm thinking of a different movie too when i remembered before i was remembering bruce campbell dressed as like an explorer with a british accent and that must have been a different movie so there must be something else that i'm thinking of yeah that i'm conflating it with that sounds familiar to me too but i can't yeah i thought it was waxwork too i'm not sure if i ever saw this movie oh i definitely um because i thought i did but then i couldn't remember it and then when i watched it it didn't ring a bell whatsoever so I'm honestly remembering, like, I want to, f- I feel like I rented this in high school. Like, I yeah. watched both of them in high school. But, like, this I probably watched in high school and probably said, I'm never going to watch this again. <laughs> yeah, I could I see that. And then t- 25 years later, like, I'm watching this again. I've got to say, I, I know I've seen this movie before. I remembered the Bruce Campbell scenes of him on the, like, tied up with yeah, the... Yeah, nothing rang about that. That, absolutely, movie. I remembered... Yep. 
But then when the alien shit happened, it took me completely by surprise because I think I was just so checked out. Yeah. I think I was really checked out watching this movie and I was like completely shocked that there was an aliens riff in this movie. So that's very strange to me. Uh, but whatever. It's also really strange that she activates the doorway in the taxi. Yeah. I think it's because of the uh, because of Sid and Nancy. They're doing the taxi to heaven thing at the end. But it's it's a weird way to end a movie. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't care. It's it doesn't probable. care. But it's then, just like, yeah, we'll just make a blue light on the screen and people will know she went back. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, the only the only thing that saves it is the fact that it ends and then Waxwork 2, the rap video starts. And awesome. not only, this is so much more than just the music playing over the credits. They shot a video for yeah. this. And the cast was in it. And you can see an embarrassed Zach Galligan dancing. And they kind of <laughs> cut away from him because they're so embarrassed by it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that they saved him the humiliation. It's because the best part of the movie. It really is. It's. <laughs> I, because, I mean, and, the, and you also get the bonus of the movie being over. <laughs> <laughs> I I absolutely loved the fact that they did this. And this is... This is even more this, this thing that we talk about, this like ending of a movie with a summing up. The only other thing I can think of that did it to this extent is Lamageddon, which, yeah. by the way, still to this day is the best version of that. Like, I think better than any other movie mm. that has ever done it. I think Lamageddon killed it. Yeah. Like, the movie is obviously amateurish it and has, yeah. it is what it is. But that end, the the fucking summation through rap at the end, nailed it. Absolutely yep. nailed it. And the fact that they uh, that they literally play the movie in fast forward <laughs> yeah. to describe as he's describing what's happening, genius. Yep, that's so good. I mean, like when you compare that to Monster Squad, it's like, come yeah. on, Monster Squad rappers, game, bro. you're really, really not trying. Yep. <laughs> Judgment Night, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> what are you even saying about Judgment Night? Huh? Huh? I don't know. That, that doesn't mean anything yeah, to me. I've never seen that movie, but I've got the soundtrack in my car. And it fucking <laughs> rules. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that soundtrack is so good. Yep. I have definitely seen the movie. I saw that movie in the theater. Yeah, I've always meant to get around to it. I've never seen the damn movie, but uh soundtrack's awesome. It was like there were so many of these movies released at that time, too like surviving the game and like yep. a, a hard target. Like they were just, they I would just hard target. hard target is <laughs> such a good movie. Oh my God. That is Jean-Claude Van Damme's opus. That is his yep. masterwork. He thought it was the quest. It was, not. No, it was not. That was, that was his, that was his best clown work. If you want to see Jean-Claude Van Damme as a clown. Sure. The quest. He, he plays a clown in I'll that. I'll take your word. Yeah, don't see it. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. It, but on the plus side, I mean, that is supposed to be that's even that's even supposed to be closer than Bloodsport to the story of the of Count Dante, the founder of the Black Dragon School of Kung Fu, who teaches Dimak the touch of death. So, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Did you never read a comic book in the eighties? No. Wow. No, I mean, I guess, but. You never saw the ad for Count Dante who would teach you the touch of death? Oh, okay. 
that's that's the guy. I think you read more comics than I do. I don't believe that. <laughs> Seeing how where are we again? We're at Coast City Comics, and you know we have a website, CoastCityComics.com, and you can purchase all of your comics and T-shirts and all sorts of things. You can purchase a Funbox Monster Podcast T-shirt from us. If you enjoy this thing, you can rate and review this podcast on all of the different platforms. You can also follow us on our on Coast City Comics, Coast City Comics Main on YouTube, which has this podcast and our comics podcast as well, and a bunch of Covered in Bees videos. And thank you to Covered in Bees for the music for this yeah. this show as well. That band's kind of okay. That band is kind of okay, and I played drums for them. But they're or being, they're used being to. really lazy. <laughs> used to until uh, the pandemic's seems to have put an end to that no, anyway no, your band too uh yeah yeah you oh. can check out smear dog and the donut and i hope we can do some new music sometime too geez the uh. this whole thing was kind of dumb yeah yeah okay anyway oh and you can also follow me as uh, yeah. on uh, instagram at matt awkward vhs fiend and check out the video vagrants group on facebook where i'm uh always a lot not as negative as i am this was so negative. We're so too. bad at that. Sometimes yeah. it just happens. It gets a hold of you because I, as much as you hated this movie, I'm so I'm so easily influenced into being negative about stuff <laughs> because I like to I like to shit on things because it's funny. I uh, wanted to like it, and I thought when I watched it the second I, time, now that I knew what I was getting into, I was like, okay, I know I'm watching something I don't really like, but. Let's focus more on the positives this time. And I just, no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I just have so much, like, because the the technical prowess of this is is at such a wonderful level. It is. On, on all of the filmmaking angles. The problem is the writing is rough. Yep. The problem is that it's written poorly, it's paced badly, and it's just, it's not funny. And it could have used a second, it could have used a second set of eyes yep. from somebody who knows from funny in movies. Like just pay a dude ten grand out of your out of your budget, yep. and just be like, here, write some funny jokes. <laughs> you know, like your average, you know, middle act at your average comedy club is probably gonna do okay. And if anybody else there wants to pay us ten grand to write some jokes, yeah, please. Uh, I would love. It. I would love to punch up your film. Uh, honestly. I, we're not union, so we can do it. <laughs> honestly, if you're making a low budget movie and you need a punch up, sure, hit yeah. me. I'll do it. I'd punch up a low-budget movie. Uh, hit me, for... too, but I bet you can't because I don't believe in you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's also a callback. Very useful in comedy. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've done it three times, so that's a rule of threes. Just proving <laughs> how well we know the the idiom. Uh, anyway, kids, thank you for listening. We appreciate everything. Uh, okay, I... We're sorry. Oh, uh, yes. And also, we, we told people to send us messages, and they did. And uh, I appreciate that, too. That was very nice. We got messages this week from we should, people. We should read some viewer mail next time. Oh, shit. Should we do that? Why not? I know okay, a lot of podcasts do that shit. Maybe we should say that, yeah. like, if you send us a letter, maybe we'll, like, do, like, a read it on yeah. air kind of thing. Krusty Krusty's mailbag. Yeah, maybe we'll do it. Maybe not next time. Maybe we'll figure something out before we do it. Uh, How about you send us some messages and telling us if you want us to do that? Yeah, and if there's Ah. questions or comments that you have about the show or whatever or about us that you want us to answer on the... Yeah, sure. Fine, let's do that. Yeah, Yeah, I'll do that. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Peace. Goodbye.